Hello and welcome to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. My name is Dave Deal. This is the podcast for the side cash hustler. If you want insights, real life experience from people just like you on how they started creating side income, you are in the right place. Documented experiences of people creating a few hundred dollars to extra tens of thousands of dollars a month. Make sure to subscribe and review. This means more than you know. Also, feel free to check us out at selfreliantwealth.com. Before we jump into the episode, let's take a minute to thank our sponsors. Welcome back to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal. I'm your host. Uh, we've been talking a little bit about the backstory, you know, of, of where I really started my journey and some of the different things that I've been through. And uh, this episode is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about some seriously crazy um, life events that are outside your control uh, that change, that can change everything and, and give you a very in-depth perspective on uh, how to look at things. And so without further ado, we'll jump right back into this episode. All right, so now we're at a stage where um, we just had this ridiculous fight. Um, it was my brother's birthday. We were headed to a movie. I dropped her off um, at her grandma's house, and she was going to take a final. And I can remember driving down the road. Um, I had music blaring, the windows down. to so get on the freeway, just in this crazy weird state of mind. Um just kind of down on myself and not really sure what to do and headed to this movie for my, you know, for my brother's birthday. And, uh, I'm driving down the road to get off the exit that I need to get off and realize that, Hey, my parents are in front of me, which has everybody else in the car and cool. Like we'll all head together, um, kind of caravan and we get off the freeway. We take a turn, we're on, you know, just a, a side road and we're cruising, cruising down the road, and uh, in front of me, I see a vehicle on the side of the road, and um, the vehicle turns uh, a U-turn right in front of me. And as this vehicle turns right in front of me, I have two options and a split-second decision to make. And that's either to continue to go straight and hit her or to try and swerve and miss. And my instinct reaction was to swerve and miss. As I swerved um, into oncoming traffic, luckily the cars were at a stoplight a little ways back. But as I swerved, um, I lost control and my back tires caught a sidewalk and it popped me up onto the curb. And uh, I bounced off the sidewall, and it, the trajectory uh, made me go right into a telephone pole. And I remember um, trying to regain control of the car, hitting the side, the, the sound wall, and then I remember everything just went black for a split second. I came to... I was in excruciating pain and I had just wrapped the car on the driver's side around a telephone pole. And this telephone pole was not very uh, soft, as you can imagine. My arm was out the window 
I take a look at the show notes and you can see some pictures um, of this accident. But my car, my arm was out the window and I was holding out of the door trying to keep myself from, you know, flying across the car as I was spinning um, into this pole. And uh, it had bent the seat and broken my back. At the time, I didn't know. All I knew was I was in excruciating pain. Uh, I couldn't feel my toes. I couldn't move my feet. Um, and I was stuck. I was pinned under the steering wheel and sideways in the car with the door and the middle console uh, keeping me from moving anywhere. And I don't know if somebody saw, but somebody had called an ambulance. My parents looked in the rearview mirror and they heard this crazy whooshing sound and uh, they saw that all happened. So they hurried and turned around and came back. Um, I didn't know at the time, you know, if I was going to walk again. I didn't know if I was going to live. I didn't know what, uh, what was going to happen. And fast forward a little bit, the paramedics got there. It took them about 45 minutes to get me out of the vehicle. Um, they had to cut the roof off and they had to extract me uh, very carefully out and break the steering wheel up with, uh, with the jaws of life too. And they, they finally got me out of the car um, and into the ambulance. And I just remember them trying to keep me calm and cutting off um, the clothes I was wearing. I was pissed because they were going to cut my belt. I really liked it. It was a weird pink Vulcan belt. Um, pink's punk, I guess. I don't know. Uh, anyway, <laughs> they get me to the hospital and into the MRI. And they're doing an MRI and they find out that my back um, is broken extremely bad. Uh, that there was a very, very high possibility that I'd be paralyzed. Um for the rest of my life from the arms down. And uh, <clears throat> they had to perform immediate surgery. They also found that my arm, my left arm, uh, was broken and uh, fractured in many different places. Um, and that I had to go into, you know, immediate back surgery. Luckily, um, my father-in-law was in medical sales and he actually worked with doctors that did uh, spine and neck injuries. And so he called um, one of his doctor um, slash friends that he works with, and he was able to um, get him in this emergency surgery, and they were able to operate on my back. Um, when the surgery concluded, everything had gone well. Um, they had to fuse uh, a large section of my back from L2 to T12. Um, they had to remove a piece of my hip so that they could fuse the bone in uh, as part of this fusion so it would fuse stronger and better versus using a bone graft. And then they put in uh, two rods and six screws in my back. Um, I remember being on the operating table and they hadn't done my arm surgery yet so my arm was still broken while they were doing my back. I just remember like screaming... <laughs> in the most 
insane pain that I've ever been in in my entire life. Uh, just, just screaming and I mean, just the top of my lungs, but I was so drugged up too that I didn't really know what was going on. I remember getting out of that surgery um, and then I had to go into the arm surgery the next day and uh, they were able to repair that with a plate and uh, 13 screws. And then I was in the hospital bed. Um, the nurses coming in, you know, periodically to check on me um, to make sure that I was getting the medication that I needed. Every time I'd wake up, I would just be in insane pain that I would never wish upon anybody. Um, an experience that I look back at and, you know, as, as time progresses and goes on, I look back and I wouldn't change it for anything, but I would never want to relive it. Um, again, because of the amount of uh, pain and stress and anxiety that not only did I cause, you know, me, but also to all of those that um, love me and, and were there for me too. Uh, I remember one specific moment when I was in and out of consciousness and I woke up um, just thinking to myself, if I ever get out of here, I have two ways that I can look at this experience. One way I can look at this as the victim and somebody did this to me and took this away from me and ruined my life. Or I can look at this as a second chance at life to relive and to go out and to do something great, um, to tell my story, to help people going through difficult times uh, to just share, you know, what I've learned through my experience and to just realize that this is a second chance. And I remember looking over right after that at my girl fiance at the time and uh, looking at her without her knowing it and just thinking to myself, I have to get out of here so I can marry this woman. That is all I want. I have to get out of here so I can marry this woman because I want to be able to spend the rest of my life with her. And I saw, you know, in that short amount of time, this amazing future with this woman and all of the things that, you know, we would be able to do together uh, in the world. And, you know, it was at that moment that I really realized that my choice was made. I wasn't going to blame and be the victim, but I was going to take hold of this experience and learn everything that I could from it so that it could help me become stronger and become better and become someone that, you know, other people um, could rely upon through uh, the devastation and the difficulty. And so... You know, time went on like this for a few days. Finally, I got to the point where I think it was probably day seven. Uh, I was coherent enough to really know kind of what was going on. And I asked the doctor what I had to do to get out of there. And he said, well, um, <clears throat> you have to be able to relieve yourself. Um, so I hadn't really been able to go to the bathroom. 
uh, for about a week because of, I guess, the trauma and even, you know, the drugs and everything. So I was definitely not in the best state. Uh, they had to put one of those tubes down my nose, um, like to feed and to like suck out bad stuff. And it was really gross and hurt. Um, <laughs> and I had to walk around the hallway and go up and down some stairs. So I now had a goal of what I needed to do in order to get out of this freaking hospital room because I got tired of the, this one nurse in particular. She was very helpful, but she drove me nuts. And I wanted to get out of the hospital so I could actually go to sleep. And so I said, okay, that's what I'm going to do. And I had to start by literally just sitting up. And then a little while later, I'd stand up. And then a day later, I'd take a couple steps, and then I would take a couple more steps. And then finally, I was able to go to the bathroom. I was able to walk around the hallway and go up and down the stairs. And after nine days of being in the hospital, I was able to get out and just spend the rest of my recovery um, at my parents' home. Uh, and that's truly what it became was a recovery process where, I mean, I, <laughs> I couldn't lift anything. I couldn't go to the bathroom by myself. I couldn't shower by myself. I couldn't do anything. I had to have help doing all of those things. So, um, my dad had to help me. Um, and then when I got married, my wife had to help me. And that is a very, uh, interesting and difficult thing to and position to be in when you're 21 years old and you have to have somebody else um, help you go to the bathroom or shower. Very humbling. Uh, but it also makes you very grateful for um, having people around you that care and love, love you. So it took about, um, well, let's see, a month later, I, I was working very, very hard so that a month later we could still get married. And we did. And it was an amazing wedding. Um, it was painful. Uh, it was very difficult by the end of it. After the pictures and everything, I was ready to cry <laughs> and uh, curl up in a ball. But uh, I also didn't want to have any medication through that process because I wanted to be present and coherent. And I did it. And through that experience, I learned really that if you just focus and know really, really, really what you want, and as long as it is a pure desire, then you can achieve it if you simply work towards it. The other thing that I learned was that no matter what circumstance or situation you're in, there's a light at the end of the tunnel and it will soon pass. And the experience you can look back and learn from over and over and over again. And I've seen that multiple times from this experience where I thought that it was never ending, that there wasn't a light at the end of the tunnel. But as I looked long and hard and I worked as hard as I could towards it, that light appeared and that difficult time was was able to pass and we were able to move on 
and learn and grow from the experience. So fast forward, you know, for the first six months of our marriage, we were basically a retired couple because I couldn't work. My wife couldn't work. She had to take care of me. So we just hung out. We watched movies. We went to our parents' house. We returned gazillions of gifts at um, Bed Bath & Beyond. I wanted to, like, shoot that store um, <laughs> because I was tired of going there. And we uh, – that was the beginning of our marriage. It was crazy. It was frustrating. I was still on, you know, some – minor pain medication to get me through some of the pain stuff. And I remember being kind of a grouch. Um, but my wife put up with me and I just remember really thinking how grateful I was that she stuck by my side through this crazy experience and what we were going to able to learn and how this was going to set us up for, you know, the many, the many years of marriage, um, that we have until we, both leave this life and that uh that was so comforting and then at the same time so complicated and difficult because we had to overcome so many obstacles so early on um and we have many to come you know in the future but up to this point like that was crazy uh in a short amount of time so from there, um, we, my wife got back into school. Um, I started going to school. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> I started going to school at a um, school down in Provo and was there for, we actually got married. Um, we spent a few months in a condo and then we went down to Provo. We're living in this sweet little triplex. It's a one-bed, one-bath, um, tiny little galleyway kitchen. You could see from one end of the apartment to the other just by sitting on the couch. <laughs> it was like 500 square feet. Um, it was really small. Anyway, we um, spent some time down in Provo. My wife was working her butt off. Um, definitely... Definitely underpaid, undervalued uh, for the amount of work that she was doing at a uh, reception center. But it's what got us by. Um, she was able to get food from the reception center, and that's what we like lived on because we had no money. Um, and then we spent a little time in Provo, and I got to the point where I was like, I can't stay in this place. So I made my wife move. Uh, we actually made some really good friends, though, in that triplex that... You know, we're still friends with today and uh, we watch Prison Break, like all of them, in like three weeks. It's crazy. There's a lot of Netflix binging. And then we um, moved to uh, South Jordan and something that I was very, very interested in was the shaved ice business. And so we started looking into that and this concludes this episode of the Wealth Reliance podcast. We will come back and we'll dive right back into the shaved ice business and where that goes, you know, where we were able to take that and some of the funny experiences we had with that business. So with that, uh, 
thank you so much for listening and go out and infuse hope to those in need by teaching correct principles that lead to result-driven action. And also make sure to subscribe, rate, and review to the podcast. It really does mean more than you know. And uh, thank you so much for listening. Tune in tomorrow for the next episode of the Wealth Reliance Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Wealth Reliance Podcast. I just wanted to take one more minute to thank our sponsors. Are you ready to learn how you can take your life and your business to the next level? Learn how you can create side income and have different assets pay for your life and your lifestyle? Tune in next week to the Wealth Reliance Podcast. This is Dave Deal signing out. Thank you so much and have a great week.